Hello there, ghosts and ghoulies. I'm here to talk to you about one of our lovely sponsors on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, Revenge Lover. Stand out from the crowd. For samples and inquiries, please visit revengelover.com. Mention you heard it on the 4i Radio Network to receive 10% off your order. <laughs> now enjoy the rest of the program. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Another Bee Horrorcast. I am Steve-O. And I'm Robert De Niro. And Robert De Niro, thank you for being on the show tonight. I know you have a busy schedule, so yep. thank you for stopping by. Um, but of course, we are here, uh, and you can also find us on the 4iradio.com, Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, Citra, Zoom, Marketplace, Blackberry Podcast, Blueberry Podcast, Mirror Guide, Double Twist, YouTube, Swell Radio, Pod Directory, Google Play Music, Google Podcast App, and Spotify. And, of course, one of our lovely sponsors is Revenge Lover. Stand out from the crowds for samples and inquiries. Please visit revengelover.com. Mention you heard it on the 4i Radio Network to receive 10% off of your first order. Uh, of course, also don't forget Amazon.com. But you don't go to Amazon, you go to the Sasquatch.net. Click on that Amazon banner and shop like you normally do. We'll get a little taste if you do. And also, of course, if you are looking for the Bee Horrorcast or want to tell your friends about the Bee Horrorcast, going, I like these people, my friends might like these people. It's okay if you don't like these people. Just tell people about it. Because uh, apparently you're listening to this right now, even though you can just turn it off if you really, really hate it. So um, You can just be like, oh, these people are terrible. Listen to them. Yeah, listen to them. Make fun <laughs> of them. Make your own podcast. You can do yeah. a riff track podcast if you like. I don't give a fuck. That it's would just be as amazing. As we get more likes, more listens, more people interacting with us. Of course, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeHorrorCast. And don't forget, if you want to drop us a line, story, spooky incident that happened to you, UFO sighting, or maybe you just want to recommend movies, tell us we suck, or even throw throw bricks and babies at us through the mail of email, like a digital... I'm actually curious now if there's a GIF of this, and if there is, I'm going to be like, someone please... Well, I'll find it, but someone <laughs> please send it to me, where it's a baby, I guess, throw, getting thrown through a brick wall and just falling, I guess, would be the concept that I came up wow. with. But anyways, you can go to uh, notanotherbehorrorcast at gmail.com. All right, now with all shilling away for the show and all that kind of stuff, we did not watch a movie this week. Uh, we did tease last week that we were going to talk about um, actually some of these myths and legends again, yeah. uh, Anna's creature feature, uh, which I guess it's, I know it's not really a creature, but I'm still going to put it underneath that segment because I think it's its more of like an, it's more eerie, it is under eerie news of the week, but this is something that I didn't even hear about and it was long a long time ago it happened. And I'm like, what the fuck? I just, I'm just hearing about this now. I would say <clears> it kind of <throat> goes back a little bit more to whenever I used to do the, um, or I guess I should say when I attempted to do the um, serial killers, the serial killer or not necessarily, but like basically historical killers uh, segment that worked out. Historical so well. figures that tickled Anna's fancy <laughs> historical figures of death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Actually, so that would be a good like segment title. Sorry. No, we could always 
we I hey the show is always I like new ideas and I like adding new stuff to the things. So I'm sure the fans would like it. Uh, I mean, half the time we're always just going off on other stuff and things That's like true. that. We barely were talking about uh, horror, but this week we will be talking about the uh, Sta- uh, Staten Island Witch, otherwise um, known as Polly Bodine. Yeah, Polly Bodine. Um, so that will be we'll talk about that probably towards the end of the show. Will be probably like a big segment because I'm gonna know I'm gonna have a lot of questions. Also, I will say I apologize if I'm saying that name incorrectly in advance. Although I did ask Bones about this and she was not aware of it. Mm. So this should be fun. So hopefully she like is intrigued by this and actually starts researching you a bit. But but yeah, so go ahead. We'll be posting stuff all online. Of course, all the show notes that we've uh, will be talking about today uh, we have already either been posted or have not been posted. Um, actually, there's stuff I did not put in the show notes because I I posted them to the Facebook page. But I'm going to I'll, I'll tell you about them because uh, I get a I get a kick out of these and it's kind of like a little little um. <clears throat> treat i guess so we'll dump into that when we do into the um horror movie news of the week but before we dive into the show uh let's catch up on the week um if you're listening to this today it is thursday but we're recording on wednesdays as usual so anna i know it hasn't been a full week but since a full week since everyone else listened to us uh what have you been up to and what's new uh I would say not much has happened, but I have a feeling that I'm most likely forgetting about something, and you're going to go, well, actually, no, this is what happened, and then start telling the story for me, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, I'm a dork. Well, we can um, <laughs> we can talk about how we started, we've been doing a diet, uh, the Cato diet, for about keto. a week. Keto. Yep. Okay, I always pronounce it wrong. I say Cato, and people are like, yeah, that's how you say it, and then I say Keto, and they're like, or I say Cato, and they go, no, it's Keto, or I say Keto, and they go, no, it's Cato, so I think it's tomatoes, tomato, so fuck off, everybody. Anyways, the, it's the Keto diet. It's the Keto losing weight. Keto. Uh, but yeah, we started that um, about a week. We were weekend, and already we've been noticing pounds have shredded off. And, yeah, you're uh, down ten. I'm down seven. So, so it's. But uh, I think the reason why I didn't drop any weight today is because last night I had like three drinks and was a little bit tipsy. Well, so. I don't think so because I um, <clears throat> I think uh, what we're drinking now, but there's no there's no carbs in it and everything like that. So well, no, but I think it was just me being like. I'm going to drink a lot and be awesome. And my body was like, no. So, <laughs> well, I'm sure it works I'm sure with different fine. ways and stuff like that. I mean, I know, I mean, tomorrow you're not, uh, you're not going to, or Friday when we go to Chiba Hut, you're probably just going to get the salad. So, yep. I'm going to try not to cheat anymore, at least for a little so while. So, no beer? Oh, yeah. I guess not. Yeah, but when, when was the last time you had a beer? A week ago. So I just do it in moderation. I mean, granted, I drank a lot with Pat on Sunday, and, and you, I well, yeah, that's because you're a guy. You can like kind of go off the diet a bit and still lose weight. I'm gonna be you're I'm a gonna guy, be, and guys' bodies are awesome like that. Oh, okay, because I'm gonna be kind of. I thought it was actually kind of awesome that I was like, I haven't really been drinking, drinking like I usually drink. Um, and it's like, oh, my tolerance is really lowered a bit. <laughs> so it was kind of fun to be like. Ah, pretty fucking drunk off of three beers so this is kind of sweet you know <laughs> like i think if i did like two and a half i would have probably had this solid buzz going but you nice. know what happens when your friends come over and you finish your beer and they finish their beer and they're like hey you want another one you're like yeah you don't say no to free beer and then next thing you know you're getting raped um <laughs> no that would have made the evening very very delightful then <laughs> 
Anyways. Anyways. We but, digress. Yeah, As so we've usual. been doing that. And then, yeah, I don't know if there's anything. Well, we did. This is not horror related, but we did start watching uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, which oh. is highly interesting. I would definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. Well, this is our week catch up. We don't talk about horror until That's after true. this, so you're fine. Uh, um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend it because even just the first episode with Jim Carrey, like, granted, he's a comedian, but it's kind of fun to see him, like, not entirely in the comedian, like, mindset. Like, he's just kind of, like, being a normal yeah. guy and doing his own thing and just kind of explaining, like, how he got into everything. And it's, like, it's kind of refreshing to see comedians whenever they're not just always on. Yeah, then that's the thing. But the problem is, is they always have to be on. Like, the only time I feel like you were a comedian is just, like, himself is probably around, like, his family, like, his, you know, his wife, his kids, and stuff like that. And then his, uh, you know, like, that little small group of people and stuff like that. But when you're out in public and stuff like that, you always have to be on because it's, like, we... We have this image of them there, and they're like, okay, well, that's why they're funny. That's why they got stand-up specials, because this is what they do for a living, so they're always funny. They're always on. They're always doing this. But yeah, it is one of those things where it's like, uh, believe me, I have that same, uh, <clears throat> I guess, DNA almost, where I, sh- I people know who I am, and I have to give them that person every single time I see them, I feel. So it's like I'm always on and stuff like that, and it's like, really weird when it's like i'm not on you know kind of thing yeah now that you say that like i always try to be like the same person like like that basically like the say everyone is gets the same person that, that i am kind of thing but there are certain times especially whenever i'm at work that i'll just be such a snarky like fucking asshole and it's a lot of fun because it's People find it hilarious, and uh, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just, it's a lot of fun to make people laugh. That is one thing that I'm very proud of. I made one of my coworkers uh, choke today on a drink because I said something funny while she was taking a drink and she started choking, and I was like, I win. Because I feel, I think you, that was one of the things you said is you always wanted to make people like, if someone chokes on their drink while you, after you say a joke, then it's basically, it's so uncontrollably funny that they can't help but laugh and just, well, so I was like, yay, yeah, I'm funny. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of good compliments when you're on stage doing stand up and things like that. There's laughter, there's the snorting laughter, there's also the one where they laugh so hard and they have a snot bubble like <laughs> pop out, you know, kind of thing. So, but I felt really accomplished about this one. So I really, have to put it into a bit uh the pop tart story yes because uh patrick texted it to his girlfriend mary and pat i was like oh did she like it or something like that and pat's like oh she said she snorted so i got someone to laugh through somebody else's text to just that telling person, the story just telling the story did. of what i did and i'm just like that's it's pretty good accomplishment i think but uh yeah, so, um, and then, yeah, watching that is, and watching, and thinking about it and some of that, I really just want to start getting back into the stand-up stuff, but we're not going to talk about that. We'll talk about that on episodes of Socially Awkward or Life is Shit, because that's what those shows are for. <laughs> so, if you want to hear those stories, uh, actually, you know what? I don't, oh, shit. Huh. You know what? I think I need to tell the Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart story on Life is Shit. Yeah, I don't think I've ever told because it on I don't Life think I've shit. ever told. No, I don't think I've told it anywhere. I think you might have told it on Socially Awkward no. a long time ago. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I've never told that story huh. because I really didn't talk about. Uh, I guess you know what you can personal say. Personal things. Yeah. Well, you're not personal things, but your quote unquote sexual conquest bullshit. Yeah. Whereas, like, I never really brag about that kind of crap. 
Um, so it's very interesting. But this sense, it's obviously a really funny. I mean, funny to everybody, but this individual that it happened to. Um, well, she probably looks back on it and laughs and goes, okay, that was kind of funny. Maybe. Or she's just like, or I just scarred her from Pop-Tarts, you know? Like, she just goes down. <laughs> Every time she right. sees like, she's like, <laughs> she's like in the cereal aisle. She's like, okay, what's, oh, do they have any more? Oh, Pop-Tarts! <laughs> just has a meltdown just in the middle of the grocery store. Why? Why are they always here? Just like, uh, oh my God. Her boyfriend's like, what the fuck is like, going on? Wow. But anyways, yeah, so you hear that shit um, on Life is Shit this week uh, or next week or another week. That actually would be good. Yeah, because Pat's going to be. Yeah, anyways. But anyways, yeah. So um, I think think, uh, that's pretty much I just said my week. So I was thinking our weeks are pretty much wrapped up. Yeah. I didn't really do much, like I said. Um, But yeah, anyway, so we got some eerie news of the week. We got Anna's Creature feature and we got some horror movie and TV news. Um, I'm trying to think where we want to start. I think we should start with this. Did you read up on the Momo challenge? No, I didn't get a chance to really look at the things because I was trying to catch up. On, I was trying to scramble to get notes together for Polly Bodine. Oh, that's fine. Well, we can talk about the patent. I talked a little bit about it on uh, Life is Shit this week. Um, so, yeah, we'll dive into some eerie news. It is time for eerie news of the week. Okay, so this thing is, I, apparently it's been around for, I don't, I don't want to even say like a month or anything like that. It's probably been around a lot longer than that. Uh, I don't know when people started discovering this thing, so, um, but recently the newest, um, I I, I want to say social media, internet gamer, or whatnot, but it actually comes from is messaging Momo on WhatsApp. That's W H A T S and then app A P P. A scary meme or something more. Now Pat actually told me the backstory of the actual picture. Okay. So the actual picture is real, um, but it is a um, it is a model that someone built for a horror movie up in like the UK or something like that, where they have a prop department and they, you know, have to build these horror movie things and stuff like that. So that thing is on the wall somewhere in this thing. So someone took a picture of it probably and sent it out probably on the internet. Like, well, it'd be like, Oh, check out the weird shit I get to work with, you know, yeah. at my job or whatnot. So basically what happens is this image, I think pops up on the stuff. And then all of a sudden it starts talking about like, it starts giving you pictures and then it's slow. It starts to escalate with dares. And then soon, then what happens at the end, it basically tells you, well, if you don't do this dare, I've actually been hacking your phone and everything that I have all your information and everything that I'm going to send it out. So if you if you don't do the dare, then I'm going to send all this stuff out into the Internet or whatnot. It's also been told that it might actually be from Russia and China doing like data mining and all that bullshit and whatnot and things like that. But the thing I thought was so funny with this, I'm like, can't you just delete the app? Why, why, why even do this or whatnot? But according to, I th- I'm not sure if it's just been one incident. I thought there was another one, but I'm not sure. I should have probably done more research on this. Um, but apparently there's been one death so far. Uh, yeah, there's a suicide of a 12-year-old girl. Um, but I think that's all that they've got so far. Yeah, so it's a weird thing or whatnot. So if you want to check it out, I guess check it out. Just... 
don't be stupid. It's not real. Honestly, whenever I saw it, I just thought it was some weird, creepy filter that somebody put on an Instagram put photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, so, but yeah, so that's, I guess, the latest new thing. I guess it's like the, I guess, the quote-unquote next version, or it's its new creature in the universe of the Slenderman. Kind of like this made-up myth yeah. thing, you know, or whatnot. So that's actually kind of funny. You could actually do that. Maybe build a, oh, man, someone's going to want to buy that then at some point. They'll buy, like, the Internet Monsters, and that will be, like, a franchise. Like, you'll do, like, the Slenderdam movie, the Momo movie, and stuff like that. And then yeah, all of a sudden, all these creatures get together. It'll probably have to be a while, though, since that whole thing happened with the two girls in Slenderman. Well, no, they have a Slenderman movie coming out this year. <clears throat> Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, though, so, that, no, everything's off the table when it comes to Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> that's true. They're like, we don't care anymore. Um, Shut the fuck up. Yeah, but I think that's about it for Eerie News of the Week. Um, I just thought that was a strange thing, and I've never heard about it, and I was all like, wow, that's interesting, so, um, and whatnot. But, yeah, we got some horror movie news, so we're going to dive right into that. It's time for horror All right, horror movie news. Now, this was an interesting article when I saw it today, or when I saw it. It's on the Facebook page. Of course, you can go to facebook.com backslash not another be horrorcast. Give us a like if you haven't already. We appreciate it. But, of course, uh, the, um, the, Academy of, uh, the Academy of Motion Picture and Arts and Science, the Oscars announced today that they are adding a new category to their annual award show, and this could mean popular horror films might get a chance to take home a actual uh, statue and everything like that. Uh, they're calling it the Popcorn Oscars, uh, has been deemed of that. Uh, it looks like, um, you know, ever since, like, certain horror movies did win for Best Actor and some of that, such as Science of the Lamb in 1992 and all these things. But, of course, you know, with It, The Conjuring, A Quiet Place and stuff like that, I mean, some of these movies were very well done, and they finally let people, like, know the source material, like, whatever they want to work on, be like, this is my thing, I want to build it, I want to create it, and stuff like that, and they're like, yeah, go ahead and do it, because every time the producers get in, they're like, no, 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 you gotta show this thing more, you gotta do that, you got, and that's why I was like, it sucks because these people give you the money to make this movie, but then it's like, fuck, you know, it's like, that's why, as much as a lot of people hate the Kickstarter stuff, when, like, people are trying to do a Kickstarter and stuff like that, but it's also like, well, it kind of keeps the product to them, and you help build it, and then they can, like, distribute it the way they want to distribute it, you know, kind of thing. That's um, why I really like Blumhouse, because Blumhouse is, like, a production company, but they're very hands-off. Yeah. Like, I, they're pretty much, like, whatever you want to do with your movie will fund you, and then you just make your movie. I think and the I think only, that it's come out a lot better. I think the only time someone stepped in uh, was uh, Jason Blum. Yeah. And he stepped in at one point with, uh, what was it called, um, Get Out. It was basically because he read the yeah. script and he just said, no, spoilers, if you haven't seen Get Out or listened to our episode of Get Out, this is a spoiler thing. So if you haven't seen Get Out, I highly recommend it. Fucking good movie. But spoiler, 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 like he's like, you can't have the character die at the end. Yeah. Like after getting through all that shit, he's like, you can't like do that. Like it was that was like the only time. And I'm like, I'm glad that he did switch it because yeah. that would have fucking sucked when you see that movie. And you're yeah. like, no, like kind of shit. So. But yeah, again, like I feel like that's pretty much the only time that he's probably stepped in, and it's like it really did work better. Oh, it was fantastic because that ending was like you see the cop car pull up, 
And it just kind of makes your brain hurt. And it makes your brain hurt because you're like, no. Because then she starts going, oh, officer, oh, my God, he tried to murder me and stuff. And you're just like, oh, shit. It's like she's a white girl. She's all banged up. He's going to believe her. It's like because the whole color thing, it's like the dude's African-American. It's like, fuck. And then all of a sudden it's his buddy, the security guard from like the airport or what. No, TSA. Like he stole the car to like come over and you're just like, oh, thank God. Like, yes, (laughs) fuck this bitch. Because even like her, like you just saw her demeanor of like, oh, I'm fucked. Like basically (laughs) kind of thing. Again, going back to that, though, like the creepiest thing that I think in that movie was just. The part where she's in the, like, in her bedroom, like, looking for new people, and she just looks so bland. Oh, yeah. Like, she just kind of, it's, like, literally like a method actor, but she just, like, completely just goes straight bland in between people and then just completely adopts this entirely different, like, personality and way of dress and way of yeah, acting. Yeah. Like, it's bizarre. <laughs> like, but, yeah, so I think this is a great thing. It would be cool because even, like, yeah, because it, like, I thought, like, you know, the makeup in that, the special effects and everything like that was really good. So it would be kind of cool to see some of the horror movies do get the nod because, I mean, we're finally getting a lot of good quality horror movies. I mean, even Meg, like, people have been raving how great that is and stuff. Yeah. And you hear the concept, you're like, giant shark this is dumb but then it's like oh okay you made it like you made it take it a little bit serious of like this could fucking happen or something like that and then you take like you still add the because that's what i like about horror movies horror movies are very good at giving you the scares but also breaking some of the tension with the humor yeah and i think the humor always really works and that's where like a lot of films kind of miss out on that where they feel like no this is a serious film you can't have humor and it's like okay but it, okay even if the even if it's real life it's based off of real life you don't think some of these people joked every now and again or everything was just like no yeah it's like you can't make i mean of course he's not gonna be like i just found out my wife have cancer and be a little like oh awesome so she was born in november <laughs> And they're like, that's June. And no, because <laughs> November. The, yeah. <laughs> You're thinking Scorpio. Ah, fuck. I'm sorry, man. Same thing. Anyways. <laughs> like, yeah. what? That, that, no. I think that'd be a kind of cool thing. So this is uh, interesting, too. So, uh, of course, you and I, we've been watching the Castle Rock. A uh, new yeah. episode actually drops today. Um, yes. So if you have Hulu, haven't checked out Castle Rock, I say give it a shot. Obviously, basically right now, because we started from the beginning, uh, like when it's so we've been like current every time a new episode drops, we watch it, which sucks because you have all this shit that you would wish you could just binge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they're, I think f- the fifth episode. No, this is the sixth. So this is the sixth episode tonight, but uh, apparently it's going to be kind of like American Horror Story where every season is going to tell new stories within the Stephen King universe. So I'm like, that's kind of fucking baller. Yeah. Um, so it's funny though, because like Matthew and I chit chatted for a little bit. We were talking about any theories, like what do you have? And we're kind of like, we, we we're like, whether he's Pennywise or not, like uh, Bill Sarsgaard's character, like if it's a completely new character, fantastic. If it's Pennywise, fantastic. Like I could, it doesn't matter. Uh, but Arthur was like, I came up with a thing. It's like, well, he is kind of far from Derry. So I'm wondering if he got washed up somewhere after escaping the kids because now it's taking place in the current time, which that's when it chapter two is going to be in 2018, I believe, even though it's 19, I believe, in the where it's filmed. But I think but I think it's supposed to be 2018, I think. Um, I could be wrong on this. So if anybody wants to correct me, feel free to. Um, But yeah, so it's kind of like this eerie thing where we kept saying, like, he started trying to build fear into people again and that's why like then he's like slowly getting more 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 and more powerful and stuff like that but yeah it's a really really great show and stuff that i'm really excited to hear that because i was actually interested in like okay so that means you guys are going to wrap up these people's story 
and then do another like story thing. So I'm like, I'm kind of interested about that. Well, actually, um, if people, if you don't want to hear about this, skip forward like probably about five to ten minutes. But I want to talk a little bit about Castle Rock. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious if like I kind of don't think that uh, Bill Skarsgård's character is actually Pennywise. Simply because Pennywise feeds on fear. This dude seems to kind of feed off chaos. Mm. Because, like, they have the whole thing about, like, the family who kind of flipped out on each other. And, like, the dude, like the dad started cussing the mom out. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really seem like fear at that point. It just seems more of, like, chaos and discord and all that kind of stuff. And the other thing that I'm curious about is if he's causing it intentionally or if this is just something that happens around him and he sees that that's happening and he doesn't like that's why he's kind of standoffish with people because he's like i don't want to cause issues in your life yeah yeah so but especially because like the one chick was like well he feels wrong like he feels off Mm. and so then, but then again it's like is he doing it on purpose or is it just kind of like a side effect you know what i mean yeah yeah and also the fact that like the most recent episode he watched, rewatched, they basically said he hasn't aged. Mm, yeah, yeah. And like 18 to 20 years. So that's my other thing that I'm curious about. Yeah, it's interesting. Or maybe the other option is that it's another creature that's from the same place as Pennywise and it's just kind of like another aspect of that kind of thing. Like Pennywise's fear, his is discord. Somebody else could be, you know, something else. Mm, maybe. You know what I mean? So, just a thought. No, no, no. It's a, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't matter what they do with this character. I'm excited either way. Yeah. Like, even if it was like, no, it's not Pennywise. I'd be like, I'm like, I'm okay with that. Like, if it is, like, I'm like, oh, awesome. If it's not, I'm like, oh, awesome. Like, then what are you? Like, kind of thing. Yeah. It's more of like this kind of cool and, and thing and whatnot. But this is actually really cool. Uh, of course, two of my favorite people in horror, which is really weird to say horror because a lot of people are like, they, what? They're horror? Yeah, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are back. Return to the horror movies and monster movie, Slaughterhouse Rules. Uh, the trailer was dropped. I did post it on the Facebook page. Definitely check it out. Um, it looks fantastic. It looks freaking hilarious. So it's like, welcome to Slaughterhouse Rule, an elite board school where boys and girls are groomed for power and greatness. And they're about to meet their match. This... So, oh. I was going to say, I love the description. It literally says, it's a coming-of-age horror comedy uh, described by Simon Pegg as a subterranean monster movie. And that just seriously just intrigues me. Uh, but I interrupted you. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Oh, it comes out on October 31st. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. So I, I remember them talking about uh, them going back to the horror genre to come up with something because, of course, we thought their trilogy was pretty much over with the uh, the ones that they did with Shaun of the Dead. Then they did um, Hot Fuzz. And then they did the... Uh, uh, World's at World's, End, End, at yeah. World's End or whatnot. So, um, which I love that. Movie. Oh, I love all those movies. They're fun. Like I've never seen like Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. A lot of people are like, oh no, but you have to take it for what it is. It's great. Uh, the concept is I don't. Do you know the concept of it? Uh-uh. Okay, so basically, uh, Simon Pegg's character is like the greatest like police officer in like you know London. Uh-huh. Like in the area that he's in and whatnot, like he's top notch everything like that. So they go, oh, we're gonna we have to transfer you. It's like, why are you going to transfer me? Like, so, well, we think you could really do good in this town, clean up and stuff. Like that. And he gets there and there's like no crime <laughs> whatsoever. So there's like nothing for him to do. 
And then you slowly start seeing his detective work come in where he's like figuring out like, no, something's off at this town. And then it builds to there. And then it's just like, because there's just like the crazy random like shit. But I love it because Nick Frost is the bumbling cop. So he does that thing where he jumps over the fence. He's like, oh, you never heard of a, what was it, like a shortcut? I think they Mm-hmm. Uh, where they hop the fences and everything like that. And then Nick Frost goes to do it and he just like runs right through the fucking <laughs> thing. And then I love him in, you know, at World's End, Nick Frost, because Nick Frost, you see him as the bumbling idiot in these two kind of films. And then he finally gets to play, not, he's not the fuck up. Yeah. He's the one who's being fucking rational and everything. And Simon Pegg's the fuck up in it. And I'm like, oh, this is this is great. Like, yeah, great... I absolutely loved that, that they literally just switched roles. They're like, you know, Simon Pegg's like, you know what? I'm the fuck up in this. <laughs> yeah, and it was perfect because I love that part of it at World's End where they're finally like, he takes all the fucking shots and he's just like, and just starts fucking up shit like yeah. Nick Frost's character. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Because that's what Pat and I were talking about. We're like, this would totally be the group of friends that this would happen to us. Right. Except I would be totally fucking centered. And <laughs> But yeah, so I'm excited for this. So if you haven't checked out the trailer, go ahead and click on our Facebook page and check this out. Now, this was interesting. So there's this movie... Oh, that's right, Mandy. Mandy that was coming out with Nicolas Cage. But apparently Nicolas Cage was inspired by his character from the horror icon of Jason Voorhees, which I thought was really weird. So he says, it was a good chance to go through uh, a narrative and have a you know transformation of sorts. Uh, Cage, explain. Talking about his character... Oh, he doesn't talk anymore, okay. Uh, talking about his character's evolution in the film, before he drinks the supernatural drug or whatever it is, he's fighting style is more fierceous, ferocious, ferocious, and he's more cat-like and feral. Where after the drug, uh, there's a transformation where he becomes almost like a golem, and the ancient Jewish golem uh, that a supernatural statue that came to life. And I think uh, uh, Panos wanted that. Uh, he wanted uh, he wanted me to be almost Jason-esque, you know, from those horror films that were so popular. Um, I love how he says Jason-esque, and then you can't even remember the name of the film. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't give a shit about uh, this stuff, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was really kind of interesting. So it makes me, I did want to see this movie. Because I still want to see that one where he's like mom and dad. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, go full cage in this, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's kind of interesting to be like, oh, okay, like Jason Voorhees. And it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, that's a perfect, like, if I, yeah, as soon as I tell people, like, tra- it- like if you have a s- strong, silent kind of type character, yeah. you know, just like this big thing, I would literally just go, uh, like, if someone's not getting it, I'd literally like, you know, Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees. And they'd go, yeah. Like that, and I think people go, oh, okay, and they can immediately click to go, okay, I don't really have to say much or do any, like, grunting or anything. That I can literally just be this, you know, bulking kind of, like, hulking you dude, know, yeah. dude or whatnot. So it's a, it's a great, you know, reference tool and whatnot. So, yeah, but we'll definitely have to check out uh, uh, Mandy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of interesting that he uses, that he compares his character from switching to, like, feral and like rage driven to being like a golem because that's something i should probably bring up in um like creature features is the golem is actually yeah. a very interesting character from jewish folklore mm-hmm, yeah so um, yeah because, simpsons actually did a halloween uh-huh. uh chapter on it and i remember where did i hear it from? actually i think i think i originally heard it come from uh johnny quest if i'm not mistaken oh um but yeah, we're definitely going to have to talk more about uh, 
golems and stuff. We'll get to that eventually, but... Um, so this is cool. So, of course, uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is the spinoff series to Riverdale that Netflix picked up, um, which I'm super excited about. I'm curious if they're going to do any kind of crossover stuff or if they can do any crossover stuff due to the fact that it's Netflix and CW. But they might have a deal going and everything could be good with that. So anyway, so The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina will drop on October 26th, which I'm super excited for. Uh, they released a little bit of the... Uh, like, they have a first picture of her and stuff of like that. She honestly just kind of looks like, I'm going to Harry Potter school, but, <laughs> you know, kind of whatnot. But it's, like, nothing crazy. But this is totally a vein of Rosemary Babies and the exorcism. This adaptation finds Sabrina wrestling to re, uh, re- reconcile? reconcile her dual nature, half-witch, half-mortal, while standing against the evil forces that threaten her, her family, and the daylight's world human inhabit. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's gonna be interesting. I can't. I can't. I can't oh, wait for this. Miranda Otto's gonna be in it. Yes, that's right. She's gonna be playing. Um, I don't know if it's one of these. I don't know if it's her teacher. She's playing Zelda Spellman, Sabrina's other aunt. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, it's kind of interesting with that one. This yeah. was kind of interesting. Uh, so the actor Georgie, the original Georgie actor from the original It uh, miniseries, is respiring his role for a fan-made short film. So it looks like he's going to play. Uh, yeah, it's called Georgie. <laughs> so that's kind of so they have a crowdfunding going on. I did post this onto the Facebook page, so go ahead and check that out as well. But one of the stories I did not post into this it actually airs tonight. Okay. Uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel, of course. Of course. And I'm like, oh my god, this is the this is gonna be the perfect holiday movie to watch now this year. Um, when you thought Jaws of Revenge was the only Christmas shark movie, oh, we're currently in the midst of Sci-Fi's Annual Sharknado Week, which will be we'll see the premiere of handful of brand new Sci-Fi shark movies, including this year's batch. We've learned it is a Christmas theme movie title. Wait for it, wait for it, Santa Jaws. Oh my god, that's amazing. This film features a killer shark wearing a Santa hat. Yes! Uh, I did post this on the Facebook page, so go ahead and check that out. I actually posted... I oh, never knew I needed this in my life, but I need this in my life. I just realized the other thing that I, I, did, I did post. Uh, I believe I posted it on the Facebook page early this morning, and I want to talk about it. Okay, so speaking of... This is actually a good lead-in. So speaking of Jaws of Revenge, uh-huh. uh, a visual, F, uh, visual effects team... Uh, redid the awful shark effects in Jaws the Revenge with modern CGI. It fucking... I was watching it because they do a side-by-side, and you can clearly see, like, where the shark... Literally, there's a part where the shark turns, and there's just, like, you can see the fucking thing holding it on, like, the mechanics and stuff of that. So it does the 2018, so they kind of a little bit remastered the film a bit, but everything else is insane except the shark is removed, and it's it's a CGI shark. Honestly, does not look out of place in the movie now. Like, you're like, oh, shit. And you can go back and forth be seeing, like, what this shark's doing compared to this shark's doing. Mm -hmm. And they're not even going, like, super nuts. They're just, like, the shark will, the shark goes in, like, the normal one is just kind of, like, floating, you know, not no movement. Maybe the tail moves a bit. And then you have the other one come in. It does, like, the little bit of, like, how a shark would move, you know, in the water. But not, like, like, the the slight, but it's not, like, overbearing or whatnot. It's really fucking good. I posted to the Facebook page to definitely check it out because I'm kind of, like, if they're doing, like, a Kickstarter to, like, remaster that, that and look, Jaws of Revenge is probably going to be horrible, but be able to see like a CGI, like a better version of the shark in the movie, it might 
raise, you know, its rating from, you know, negative two to like a, a maybe breaks even with a zero, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, I was just like, I was watching, I was like, holy shit. And it makes me want to go back and watch Jaws of Revenge now because I'm like, oh my God, I forgot how bad like all the shit was. Um, so yeah. Another thing I wanted to touch on really quick is I might actually do uh, a creature feature of sharks simply because like there's so much about sharks that's misunderstood that it's like they're pretty much uh, their own mythological creatures without even trying. Like, it's just we understand so little about them. Yeah. So especially great whites, like for the longest time, I think it was like maybe only like 10 to 15 years ago that they realized uh, that they found out that uh, great white sharks will come up underneath their prey and shoot out of the water. And that's how they catch their prey that's on the yeah. that's surface of the water. Well, it was like, and it it's was, only great whites that do that. Yeah, it was interesting because they were, I, I th- what was it? Is it off the course? coast of australia mm. where the great whites like start they started seeing them jump because like before we've never seen them jump like yeah. we never saw them come out of the water like that before it was just kind of like because everyone thought a shark attack was just like boom like just bite gone yeah, yeah bite gone or whatnot but we didn't realize because of like you know it comes up at the bottom but it's because of seals they'd see them they'd go underneath and see them they just come up because then a seal really has nowhere to go because it's it's right be, yeah you know, it's below, straight underneath straight them. underneath them and so by that. the so, time they realize that they can't move out of the way yeah and then it's a good way to knock hit even if it doesn't get them when it jumps up it just knocks them it, and they're like oh and they're it kind of stuns them and stuns them, them confuses them and then it's like easy prey so yeah no sharks are very fascinating creatures i always freaking thought sharks were like interesting and so because it's just like even i think they still haven't figured out they can't keep a great white in captivity because like they always die like yeah. they start off fine and then they start getting sick and everything. Then some of that, it's it's like this weird thing where it's like they kind of know. Like if I, I think this instinct breaks in, like other sharks are just kind of like, okay, I'm in the I'm in a different water now. You know, yeah. no big deal. Even other animals love that, but I think a great white has this weird thing, probably chemical thing of just going like, I'm trapped and I don't like this, so I'm actually, I'm just gonna shut down. Like yeah, now I'm kind of curious if sharks, if uh, great whites actually have like a. Um, cause you know, animals, certain animals have like territories and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now I'm curious if great white sharks actually have territories or if they're like, I need to get away from this area. I've hunted this too often. And so then whenever they start doing, whenever they like, they can sense where they've been. Yeah. And so they sort of migrate. And so then if we're trying to keep it in captivity, it thinks I need to get out of this area. And then it thinks that there's not enough food. Mm. So then his body just kind of starts shutting down. And maybe that's the issue maybe, that they're having. But I, like, like now I'm really, really, I don't know. Again, like great whites are like one of the most misunderstood and like one of the most unknown sharks out there because like we can track pretty much everything else but great whites like they're so so hard to understand because there's just so much about them that we don't know yeah yeah and they're probably also pretty difficult to track but honestly that's the funniest thing is i am pretty i'm not really comfortable with sharks i mean i absolutely love them but i definitely am not like i'm gonna go out in the ocean play with one but for the most part they're, they're actually so pretty cute tame. actually that was the thing yesterday i almost bought it um don't get me wrong kids i know steve you're derailing this this carries this carries over the sharks i'm walking in the safeway when i was picking up the stuff and whatnot i came around the corner and at the top of this area i saw dolls and they had two great white shark dolls and i'm like i kind of want to get one of those and i'm like nope you you came in for this stuff and then i left (laughs) i am glad that you stuck to your shopping plan but at the same time i kind of wish you i know i'm like now then i just want to put it in the studio just have it like sitting on a chair and just be like that's and give him sunglasses give him a nickname and everything call bruce oh 
Well, that's too on the nose. <laughs> uh, sorry, shark joke. Uh, because actually, actually, I'd probably call him Jabberjaw. <laughs> uh, I don't get any respect. <laughs> Um, well, I was going to say, saying something is too on the nose for a shark is kind of funny because that's how you can, like, repel a shark is hit it on the nose. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if it's, like, actually hit it or just touch it because they have, like, a bunch of, like, nerves in their nose. But, um, yeah, I just, for some reason, I was talking about great white sharks and the oh, the first thing that popped into my head was a scene in Toy Story where, like, the toy shark is wearing Andy's hat and he's like, Oh, Woody's hat? Andy. Or, not Andy, a Woody's yeah. hat. And he's I'm like, Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. 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 <laughs> he's like, ah, <laughs> 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 Give me that. <laughs> uh, actually, what was I thinking about sharks now? And then you're talking about something... And also, I don't know if they actually know what the biggest great white shark that's existed is. Because, again, like, they're really hard to track. So, but yeah, sharks are actually, whenever they're not feeding, they're pretty docile. So, and they really only go for something if they think it's moving like a fish. And that's why a lot of times, whenever shark attacks happen, it's only, like, one bite. And then they're like, Oh, yeah, now I remember. Uh, Every time I think about sharks and everything like that, there was a Dane Cook... Uh, skit about that where he says like he's the guy gets hit by a shark and punches it and then it's like they do the news story and he's right there and he's like he's right back in the on the beach exactly where you fucking want to be yeah you know after this thing and he's all like and the woman's asking him like so what happened he's all like well I was swimming and then I was like ow ow <laughs> no and, and uh you know and then and then I and then he's like and then I punched it and then I swam away. And I'm like, I don't know about you, but I don't think anyone has ever swim faster than punching a shark and then swimming to shore. You're just like, ah, you get on the beach, you're still, ah, and it's all like, but you have to imagine this, though. This guy's in the water. A shark comes up, bites him in the leg, and he goes, no, fuck you, punches it in the face, and a shark lets go and goes, all right. Look, if you don't get pussy with that story, <laughs> I got Got bit by a shark and show the wound. He's like, bit me. Then I punched it, swam away, swam after it, grabbed it, punched it again. You know. <laughs> uh, it's just like, that's just like, you hear that story, you're like, what? Yeah, seriously. Like, yeah. Well, again, it's like, I, sharks don't like how we taste. That's why every time there's like shark attacks, unless they're really hungry, they'll bite you once, go, Bleh. And then swim away. Yeah, but since their bite, like, if they get, like, you know, if they come up and get your leg and they just go, it's like, boom, it's gone. Yeah. You know, that's... Well, yeah, because their teeth are razor sharp. And yeah. they do grow them back. Which yeah, they fall out and they grow back. Yeah, they have yeah. a just shit ton of rows of teeth. Try giving a shark braces. That's got to be an <laughs> orthodontics nightmare. I mean, he's going to try hard to sell, but he's just going to get. Yeah. Every two weeks. Damn it. We have to replace the braces again. What I mean, the dentist, is, the dentist will do the work, but he's just going to be horrified. <laughs> Rick and Marty. Anyways. Uh, but anyways, but we are going to dive into our quote-unquote creature feature slash uh, switches, warlocks, all that good We're going to call it, the, what did I say earlier? Uh, oh, well, you, oh, we were talking about, uh, I have no idea. Uh, it's like history of death. Oh, I guess. I didn't know if we agreed on a name. I was. Just, uh, just, I figured yeah. we still got creature features. I was just trying to figure out, like, there's going to be just more than just, like, creatures yeah. will add like all the supernatural stuff into this section because i don't want to have to do another drop <laughs> <laughs> it is time for creature feature <laughs> oh, 
Damn, that's good. <laughs> so, uh, do you want me to just jump right in? Yeah, jump right in. So, um, well, I'll just say I heard about this when I was listening to a podcast. Uh, the the gentleman, uh, Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers, he's also on. Tell him Steve Dave, that's podcast. Uh, funny stuff. But uh, Oh, yeah, he... so jumping really quick. Sorry, I'm going to derail for a second again. I just remembered, like, because I was going to mention it, and then I forgot the part where, in uh, Smodcast whenever he's like, dude, just give him your leg. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, yeah, again, with yeah, the sharks. Like, You're the worst God, yeah. man ever, Aquaman. You're the worst yeah, Aquaman. I yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Again, you know, when Barry gets like this, might as well just give him your leg. You know, it's all going to be okay. Just give him your leg. That's what you could do. You just name him Barry. You oh, yeah, a shark Barry. and name him Barry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, there's a city lore to Staten Island and the witch of Staten Island, to be exact. So I heard this from Brian Quinn. Uh, he didn't even know about it. He was doing research for, like, a book. Uh, somebody helped him. Like, he's, like, putting together with somebody else. So he started reading into it. He's like, oh, my God, this is so fucking crazy. So without further ado, if you guys didn't know about this, uh, prepare to be enlightened. So uh, basically what happened was Polly Bodine, a lot of people apparently don't know who she was. I didn't know who she was. And again, like it's obscure enough that even somebody at work who she knows a ton about history and like murders and just like every like history just really fascinates her. Um, shout out to you, Bones. Uh, but she wasn't even aware of this, so that's why I'm super excited about this. But her name is Polly Bodine, and so to give you a little background, uh, on Christmas night in 1843 on Staten Island, uh, two boys returning home from a skating party saw smoke billing from a house on Richmond Road. Um, the house was owned by George Houseman and his wife, Emmeline, and their 20-month-old daughter, Anne Eliza, were home alone because he was out at sea. So neighbors rushed to the burning house. Emmeline and the baby were nowhere to be seen. At first, rescuers assumed they had gone away for the holidays. Then one of the rescuers saw something in the kitchen near a charred basket of pumpkins and onions, and it was Emmeline's body, Ooh. so the wife's body. Uh, 19th century court papers document the body's condition in grisly detail. <clears throat> the back part of the head was very much burned, part of the school wanting, so just gone, mm. the brain baked by the action of the heat. On the left arm, both bones of the forearm were bro- broken, and one of the bones was white and clear, the other blackened by the heat. Uh, the body of the baby girl discovered close by was in an even worse shape. I haven't been able to find a description of that, but uh, for, you know, yeah. weak stomachs, I'm not going to. Um, investigators put together a chilling chain of events. Somebody had murdered the mother and child so violently as to break their bones and shatter their skulls, then set the house on fire to cover up a day, the deed. With a few, within a few days, the investigators decided on Polly Bodine. So she was the sister of the sea captain who owned the house. So she was she lived next door to them. Uh, she often spent the night uh, to help with the baby. The apparent motive for the murders, which was theft, didn't really make much sense because Polly had money of her own and the amount stolen was trivial. Mm. Um, so the reason why suspicion fell on Polly is because she was separated from her husband. She was sleeping with a New York apothecary named George Waite, so like a pharmacist basically back in the day. Uh-huh. 
Um, she had undergone abortions at a time when public sentiment was turning against this previously accepted form of birth control and just two years before New York would criminalize it. Um, so she was basically, somebody said abortion was a hot to or Amy Gilman set Srebnik, who is a history professor at Montclair state university and the author of a book about the Mary Rogers case of 1841, which is a different murder. Uh, she said abortion was a hot topic in 1843. It certainly would have affected how she was perceived. She was a fallen woman and fallen women were fair game for all sorts of speculation. Hmm. So her behavior around see, this is where it gets weird. Her behavior around the time of the murders did little to dampen such speculation. Early in the morning of December 26th, when Polly later claimed to be in Manhattan visiting Waite, a chambermaid saw her aboard a ferry boat departing Staten Island. She was drinking gin and eating a slice of pie, looking weary and wary. Uh, so probably tired and like on edge. Mm-hmm. And Polly was later spotted in a pawn shop on Lower Broadway wearing a hooded cape and green veil and hawking items from the victim's house. Other witnesses recalled seeing her wandering the streets of Manhattan in a daze. Hmm. So less than a week later, she was arrested. Three days later, she gave premature birth to a stillborn boy. Another, quote unquote, illicit offspring, as the New York Herald put it. Uh, In June, she came before the Richmond County Court for the first in a string of trials nearly as extraordinary as the murders themselves. So... She was arrested New Year's Eve. In June, she went to trial. Um, <clears throat> the The newspaper, the Herald newspapers, the Herald, the Sun, and the Evening Post picked it up. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe threw in his two cents. That that's what I thought was weird when I heard Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, Poe is yeah. in this, and also another person in this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, these two fuckers had shit to do with this? Yeah. So. Edgar Allan Poe said something about this woman may possibly escape for they manage these matters wretchedly in New York. So I don't understand why uh, Edgar Allan Poe was so bent hell bent on her, you know, having done it because honestly, like, yeah, she had some weird stuff going on, but it could like, there's plenty of like reasons that it could have happened or like, it could have just been like shock. Maybe she was like, yeah, you know, you don't, you really don't know what's going on. So, uh, the first trial ended in a hung jury when one of the jurors convic- refused to convict on the grounds that he lacked circumstantial evidence in the fourth degree. Hmm. What this meant was anybody's guess. <laughs> I'm assuming that it basically, it most likely meant they had circumstantial evidence, but there wasn't really anything completely solid enough to convict her. So he refused to, you know, vote guilty on something because he was like, yes, it's circumstantial, but there's really no solid proof. Um, in an attempt to find an unbiased jury, the second trial was held in Manhattan. Uh, women particularly seemed fascinated by Polly. The Herald remarked on the crowds of highly fashionable female spectators, giving the courtroom all the appearance of some of our fashionable theaters. P.T. Barnum added the excitement with a wax tableau of Polly in his museum of flu block, a few blocks from the courtroom. Again, another point where it gets interesting. He he portrayed her as a toothless witch of 70, though she was half that age, severely hacking away at her victims. Barnum's witch apparently had some magic on her side. Polly was convicted, but the the verdict was overturned. Um, That's the other thing that kind of bothers me about this. It's like, even though she hadn't actually been convicted yet, or really, like, they really had no proof. Yeah. Like... 
P.T. Barnum was like, you know what? I'm going to make like the most hideous for like image of her that I can and make it a waxwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, her third and final trial took place in Newburgh. Polly's lawyers skillfully reviewed the testimony of several crucial witnesses. This time, after more than two years in jail, Polly was acquitted. <laughs> I love this. Her first words to her lawyer were, can't I sue Barnum now? <laughs> yeah. So, just really quickly, I kind of want to hear your notes on this so far. Me? Yeah. Um, well, it's, uh, so basically, basically what's happening is they're taking this woman basically to court, it sounds like, twice now? Uh, three times. Okay, so three times now, and basically they have no proof of anything that uh, connects her to the mysterious fire that happened, uh, those many years ago now. So, and then she's been, what, she had a mistrial? Yeah. And then she was acquitted? She had a mistrial, then she was convicted and it was overturned. Okay, and convicted, then she overturned, was and then she was acquitted. Yeah. Okay, so at this rate, I would assume she's innocent and we should just let her be. Yes. But I have a feeling there's more to the story. Uh, give me one second. Let me see if I can find... So, the f- okay, so this is kind of where it disputes it. Okay. Um... The day after the murder, she was found getting drunk on gin in a ferry boat, and she was drinking gin and eating pie, which seems a very, like, it doesn't seem extremely out of the place, but it's kind of wonky. Well, it's weird. I'm like, does gin go with pie? That was my question, I've never had gin with pie. Is there something we don't know about with pie? It probably depends on the pie. Because maybe it's like rhubarb or like. Well, think about actually, okay. probably go well with cher- with apple pie. Well, okay, yeah, but let's think of the time period and what pies are available. Obviously, apple. Yeah. Obviously, cherry. cherry. Um, so probably rhubarb. Probably rhubarb. You think? Yeah. What's rhubarb? Rhubarb is a type of. Actually, it's probably like it probably would be like a. Rhubarb is usually mixed with something else, but I can't really remember. What I want to know the answers to this, please. Anybody who listens to our show, if you know the answers to this, does <laughs> pie go with gin? And if so, what pie do you need to have? Because I might test this theory out. <laughs> pie, does pie go with gin? Does pie go with gin? Hashtag Does pie go with gin? Uh, give me one second. I know. Oh I no! Saw... Don't ruin this for me. Let's just let's just listeners figure. No, no, out. no, 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 not that. Oh. Um, I know. I saw a. Uh, that's not what I'm looking for. There was a link that I found that essentially said that one of the reasons why it was disputed is because her. Oh, yeah, and that was the other thing. Is she? Whenever she was arrested, she blamed one of her, her she blamed her lover, George Waite, uh, who also employed her 16-year-old son for the crime, but none of the evidence could connect him. And it was, oh, this is it. And it was, in fact, the testimony of her own son running counter to her own that called her alibi into question. When she told authorities that she had spent the day of the murder with the pair, her son indicated he didn't see his mother after 4 p.m., which gave her ample time to connect or commit the murders. So, uh-huh. uh, sorry, I, I just sent that to Pat. I go, does Pi go with gin? And Pat just goes, uh, sure. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. If you like that response and listen to Life of Shit, it is a highly entertaining podcast. It's a mediocre podcast on the it, Four I Rated Network. But anyway, so uh, about that's why this I said it was highly island. entertaining. So, uh, 
But yeah, so essentially, basically the issue that people had was that she was a single woman sleeping with a man uh, who had several abortions and she lived near the people who died. And she was related to the husband who look, was away. Look, I'm going to put it this way. Um, yeah, with all that evidence, um, this day and age, yeah, she's a witch. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I love that kind of bullshit. Yeah, what? Um, okay, so man, that must have been so easy to convict people. Well, the person's a slut, and they live next door, so it's got to be them. And they're related to the brother. That's not a yeah. Job. The brother who did anyone ever th- think maybe it was the brother? That's what I was curious about too. Like maybe he set like something to happen, or like he did all that stuff and then realized, oh shit. I need to get rid of the evidence, and I'm going to go away, so let me just burn the house down, and then, boom. Oh, I come home, and holy shit, this happened? I just had a thought, actually. I'm like, I would have questioned him, like, fucking first. Uh, well, I mean, he was, quote-unquote, out at sea. Oh, I know but that, that, but actually, that's a perfect... That, okay, but that's no, what that I was, does bring a go, up a good point, though, because it could have been, like, since that was her brother, he she could have been helping him out because he's like, dude, my wife's raging cunt like i just want to get rid of her and she's like you know what i can help you out so basically he had an alibi maybe she paid somebody else to do it she grabbed some stuff from the house before like the the wife was murdered pawned it off so then she could pay off the dude you went a completely different route than i did i don't even think she's involved what i was saying it was the brother and yes he has the perfect alibi because they said check this out they said think about the uh, the time period okay how do we not know he beat the fuck out of his wife and the baby prior before he even left? But then he was about to leave. He's like, you know what I'll do? I'll set something up to have the house set on fire. And while I'm off to sea, well, see, no that's... one's going to beg the different. Now, this is the thing, though. Back in those times, you could do that. See, that's my problem, though, is like in order to set up something like that, like you, whenever you went out to sea, you were gone for like, six months i know that at the very least yes so it i guess it would depend on how long he'd been out at sea like when he was supposed to return like how they verified like that he was where he was um but then it still again comes back to the whole well actually that actually might work because they never really talk about the finances of Emmeline and her husband well yeah why would they so maybe that maybe Emmeline gave the stuff to Polly and was like, here, go hawk this and bring me the money. And she's like, here's the money that I have. We need to like, I need to pay off these debtors or something, you know, pay, pay them off for me or something. I you have know, no idea where you're going with the story. No, I'm saying like, maybe that's because like, I'm trying to figure out why Polly would be selling stuff from the house. Well, okay. Think about it. Okay. Brother does what he did. Goes off to sea. She's in the will. Probably if anything happens to them, so she's like, well, he's off at sea. There's no way to contact him. I have to take care of this stuff. Maybe she didn't even steal the stuff from the house prior. Maybe it was from the wreckage that she had to go over and she tried to salvage what she had. And then she was like, well, I got to try to make some money. This stuff I can sell. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Now, see, as soon as I put that into your head, you're I, like, okay, well, also, maybe. Also, it doesn't even say if she was aware of the, the like the the fire. Exactly. Like, it it never says like when she was made aware of the fire, like what her reaction was. Like, God, you your detective work sucks. People back in the day. Well, um, yeah, it does. But it's but yeah, it's like I've, it's kind yeah it's you can kind of see the pendulum swinging in both directions. Like, I feel like it's more than enough to cast reasonable doubt 
in this day and age? Well, like I said, if out of all this kind of stuff, I would have questioned her brother first if he was married to those two. Yeah, they're off of sea, but I'm pretty sure they had enough technology back then to send something to somebody and let them know. Like, hey, quote, because technically, if he's off at sea, isn't like your mom, your your wife and baby have been murdered? Uh, you have permission to come home because you need to deal with some shit. The other option that I was thinking about was actually that um, maybe Polly was a klepto, and that's why she had the stuff from the house. Maybe, maybe she like, stole. Maybe the, she, she probably might have stolen stuff before any of this yeah, was even in play. Well, she either could have stolen the stuff before, or maybe she was given that so she, like her sister in law could have like spending money because maybe the husband was an asshole and like beat her and like didn't let her have any money, and so then you know that's kind of how it played I, out. We don't know, but um, I'm like, like I but said, but then like the other option that I was thinking about was like if she actually did do the murder. Um, then it could have been that she was a klepto. Her sister-in-law found out about it. She murdered her sister. She freaked out, murdered her, you know, her her niece, um, and then stole some money to make it look like a robbery and then ended up pawning off the stuff that she had because she didn't want to, like, bring interest on herself, but it backfired because people noticed that she was doing that. So, but again, like, I'm, I feel like I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I'm trying to see it from both you sides. You really are, but you're, <laughs> I, I'm going to highly disagree. We're talking about Polly, who this woman had, what, several abortions and stuff like that? And then you're trying to tell me that she's going to break into her brother's house, beat the shit out of the wife, and murder that child? She Jealousy? probably She probably already feels like shit that she has to do these abortions because you just have enough money for such and such. Then she started well, that's seeing the other thing, is She actually did have enough money. She was plenty well off. That's why it was confusing that she was selling the stuff in the first place. Sorry, I should have brought up that information earlier. Well, what I'm just getting at is like, okay, if she's dating a guy, maybe she doesn't want to marry the guy. Maybe she's trying to figure out her stuff. Maybe the Or maybe the guy doesn't want to marry her. We don't know. We don't know his side of the story and stuff like that. But to me, it sounds like, to me, a beating like that... Like what you described, and they can't even describe what happened to the infant and stuff like that. A beating like that, that comes from very, very angry and hateful towards that person. And the only thing I can think of is this guy was fed up with that life. He was about to go off to sea, which he wouldn't see her for six months. That gives him reasonable to quote-unquote shore leave and do whatever the fuck he wants back in those days. I'm, I swear, I believe it was the brother at this point, because I, I think he had the know, because what did he do Actually, in the boat? Was he military? Uh, no, I think he was like a sea captain, so he probably had crew. Yeah, he had And crew. again, I don't think that there's any way that he could possibly have gotten back, but saying, pointing out the, like, the fact that it had to have been like an extreme fit of rage kind of makes me curious if it really was the boyfriend, like Polly said it was. Yeah. Because maybe he just had like this resentment towards that family for taking away. Like probably was probably was probably like, no, I'm not going to marry you. I have to make sure that I take care of my family. And he probably like harbored resentment towards her because he wouldn't marry her. And he's like, well, let me just get them out of the way. All right. Whatever. Well, who cares? <laughs> She's a witch. And end of story. Well, yeah, it's basically, it's really interesting, though, because like the, really the only reason why people said that she was a witch is just because of how... P.T. Barnum portrayed her. It's like, if he hadn't written that, like, people would, like, they probably wouldn't have liked her, but I highly doubt they would have started calling her the Staten Island Witch. And I don't know, like, 
I didn't really see anything that said anything about hauntings or anything like that, but there probably is some type of link in there somewhere. Oh, probably. But, but okay, but no, that's good. I hope everybody uh, learned some stuff, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Not Another Be Horrorcast. So, uh, also, uh, if you... If anyone knows more about this story or if you research it and find out something that I didn't bring up, let me know because I am really curious about this story. Um, Yeah, so go ahead and do that. You know where to find us. But anyways, I'm Steve-O. And I'm, what did I say, Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro. All right, I'm Robert De Niro. Really low energy, Robert De Niro. And until next time. Carpe noctum. This has been another fine production of the 4A Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www.4iradio.com.